0: Camacho makes a Nicaraguan barrel-aged cigar. And we've smoked it before, Fingers Malloy. We've liked it before, Fingers Malloy. But Camacho also makes an American barrel-aged cigar. And that's what we got our hands on. On a Vitola, a size that seems to be discontinued. I don't know if I would call this rare. I know I'd call me happy and this cigar perfect for the moment as we get ready for some ribs. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. And this from Camacho is the American Barrel Age cigar. This is in a very, very unique 7 by 52, which means it's seven inches long. Tee-hee. Did I say 52? I meant 54. That's the ring gauge, the diameter of the cigar, or how thick it is around. Tee-hee. Again with the laughter it always makes him giggle it's kind of funny if you ask me yeah this thing is a monster and feels like a monster in the hand it's a billy club ladies and gentlemen it's a beefy stick beefy
1: yes absolutely feels great in the hand uh you know it it the the wrapper's got a nice touch of oil to it uh it's veiny uh now how would you describe a toothy wrapper
0: so Toothy would be almost this, like, like you know what a seersucker suit is? It's got that kind of kind of uh, ridges and ripples uh, effect to it. So I don't know if I would call this specifically a, a Toothy wrapper, but I think you can do is you can feel the wrapper, which is a Corojo. It's Corojo, Corojo wrapper, and you can feel that within there. This, by the way, is called Barrel Age because it's been five or six months in a bourbon barrel before... Uh, laying down and then coming to you and me. Um, it doesn't mean that you're getting a lot of bourbon flavor from it. It's a little bit of shtick but it's also a kind of unique way to bring moisture in and, 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 and kind of provide a level of presentation. So I don't think I would call this a toothy wrapper per se But rather, there's a lot of of feel to this. And you're right. There's a good oil throughout.
1: Okay. And one of the things when you run into something like this is once you hear that it's aged in bourbon barrels, you have to sit back and wonder if your mind is playing tricks on you based on what the manufacturer is telling you. Does this have a kind of a, a bourbon note to it? No. But to me, it does have a little bit of an oaky note to it. It
0: could, so it, if you're picking up a little bit of that richness, maybe a little bit of sweetness, that's absolutely possible from what remains, you know, from that wood that it's still kind of expelling or those flavors that are already come from it that it still ha- has to offer. I uh, get uh, from this uh, just a, a, a touch of spice that's in uh, the throat. I get something that is, is um, got a, a good bit of, for me, of, of wood to it and also has a solid tobacco-forward flavor. That's where I am as we have just lit this up, and you want to break your cigar up into thirds in your head and while you're writing things down in your notebook. You know, what'd you eat today? What did you drink today? We're about to get down on some ribs, and we'll tell you why in just a, a minute. It's beautiful weather in Indianapolis, Indiana. We're gearing up for the Indianapolis 500, which is the greatest spectacle in racing. It really and truly is. And while this is not a cigar that I'm bringing to the track, uh, those those flavors that I'm talking about are really off the bat, very, very prominent. So when you break the cigar up into thirds in your notebook, what are you getting from the first third of the cigar, the second third of the cigar, the final third of the cigar? What are those flavors? Start writing those down. Are you picking up any
1: leather? Because um, I, I feel like I'm getting a little bit of leather as well.
0: Um... Well, that's interesting. So so leather often to me, when I hit the flavor, I catch the smell. It's very much in the nose for this, which is why people do a retrohale and they, you know, uh, bring, bring it out the nose. Your nose has many, many more receptors. And you're able to kind of catch a lot of unique flavors. So in terms of how it feels on my tongue, how it feels in the cheeks, I'm kind of there with you. In terms of, of, of a flavor... I can convince myself it's there, but it doesn't come to me right away. Not, not, not for me. That, but you're getting that.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Uh, that leather, uh, that oaky, bourbony oaky kind of uh, note as well. And then I'm not getting the spice that you're getting. I'm getting some pepper, but it's not lingering on my palate. Well, I mean, you're talking about something that's both Connecticut and
0: Pennsylvania broadleaf in the binder and and the and the filler. So for me, that is is there, and and that Corojo wrapper has a a tremendous amount of of, of flavor to it, so I do hit um, that pepper. I do hit um, that, that, that bit of, of sweet. There's also a touch of nutty, I think, maybe. Um, um, and, but for me also, uh, it's, it's woody. I, I get that sometimes very often. But we're just into the first third of the cigar. This is going to change. This is going to progress. And we're going to progress with it. The Camacho American barrel age. We're doing the 7x54 here.
1: Now, you do the coverage of the Indianapolis 500, the, the pre-race coverage, Tony. I do. What cigar are you looking forward to the most before you're doing the coverage or as you're doing the coverage?
0: So if you don't know, of course, being here in Indianapolis, I host a morning show in Indianapolis on WIBC, 93.1 FM. I host a nationally syndicated midday show. And this is my eighth year, ninth year or no, eighth year. It's my eighth year of doing the pre-race coverage of the Indy 500 from 6 to 11 a.m., as 300,000 people head to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it's me and a guy by the name of JMV uh, on the air talking about the race and getting people ready, ready for it. We have a list of cigars. We have our Indy 500 cigar picks, which you can find at eatdrinksmokeshow.com, so you know what to smoke for the Indy 500. On that list, uh, there is the, the Cavalier uh, cigars, the, the, the white Elegante series, Elegante series, that I'm very much looking forward to. There's a Knuckle Sandwich uh, from Espinosa and Guy Fietti uh, that I want. We also have on there a La Galera Maduro, and I am a sucker. Good Lord, what Ho Chi's doing, what, what La Galera is doing is special stuff, good stuff. Uh, certainly, Espinosa and Placencia are right now doing the best work in America. Period, hands down, no question. La galera gets overlooked and it shouldn't, but you should check out that whole list. Now this was not on on the on the list. We didn't go with many Churchill sizes, even though this is only a seven inch, that we didn't go with the super big ring gauges for the race. You can be talking about temperatures in the 80s, a long day, people drinking. Didn't want overwhelming, I wanted flavorful. So this has the potential. To be too much, in my view, for race day, when connected with other cigars, when connected with other drinking and things like that. So that's why this,
1: the American uh, Barrel Age Camacho, is not on that list. Do you lean toward a, like a Robusto when you know you're going to be five, six cigars deep? Uh, a Toro. A Toro? I, I
0: do, I do. Um, there's, While I, do, I don't I do mind a Robusto, which is a five-inch cigar, that, that Toro size, more towards the six, it just, it, it is a length for me that works, that if I decide to put it down, I don't feel bad, but a five-inch cigar doesn't give me enough to deal with. That's fair.
1: That's, it, every palate's different. I just wondered when you know you're going to be smoking five to six cigars in the morning that you may go a little bit shorter.
0: Oh, no, just start earlier. <laughs> I believe that's the, that's the, you can't drink all day if you don't wake up early. Is that what they say? <laughs> Same thing is true of cigars. The American barrel age from Camacho. Is it in your humidor? We'll tell you. Coming up. We have absolutely no time for news of the week, Fingers Malloy. There's no time. There's no time because there's ribs. Ribs? In, of course, commemoration of the release of Let's Go Barbecue, our new book available at Amazon.com. Recipes, tips, and tales from the pit. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that is Fingers Malloy, everybody's favorite amateur pit master, Fingers Malloy. Oh! You've graduated from amateur drinker when we talk about
1: ribs. Hot diggity diggity.
0: Uh, this was a list that Fingers found. You know, we are nothing without a list on this show. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Ten restaurant chains that serve the best ribs. And honestly, this is a very difficult thing to do. Because ribs, like barbecue, is so incredibly regionalized. Finding something that works in all time zones or in most time zones,
1: man, that's impossible. And some of these, I, I noticed on the list, they're just regional chains. Uh, and then others are national chains. And the number one thing on the list, and I'm not going to spoil it, is a national chain, I do believe. Yeah, I think it is too. But we'll start
0: down at, at, at the bottom with Corky's Ribs and Barbecue. Uh, they're at eight locations Tennessee, Arkansas, and Texas. And they do Memphis style uh, ribs. That, of course, would be pork, as, as the vast majority of ribs that we can discuss are, are pork. And then you move up the list to L&L Hawaiian, and then Bono's Pit Barbecue. Now, Bono's, I've at least heard of, they're in Florida. Uh, I haven't heard of the others. So the idea of regional barbecue having success, I get. I understand that. It's on the national level that's hard. Now, number seven on the list is in the Midwest. They're actually pretty prevalent here in our beloved Indiana. And this is City Barbecue. And in front of us, Fingers Malloy, you got us ribs. Yes. From uh, City Barbecue uh, right uh, here. These are traditional St. Louis-style ribs. They do the rub, and then they sauce them before serving them. But the sauce on this,
1: actually, these are just, these are just the rub. These aren't sauce. It, it looks like they're just rub. Uh, you know, it's interesting. First of all, I go into uh, City Barbecue. The first thing the guy says to me after I say I want a slab, he says, you know, if you would have come in here yesterday, it would have been half off. Wow. How do you? So, what, do you so, what do you? What do you do? Punch them right in the <laughs> face and immediately
0: go to Panera and have a salad. That's <laughs> what I think of your ribs, <laughs> you sucker. Uh, I that, I I feel sorry for you. Um, they do an 18-hour smoke process, even on ribs. Wow. I mean, you can do what you want, but I think that's a little bit more marketing uh, drama than it is reality. So These should
1: be fall off the bone. I mean, if you're cooking them that long.
0: And as, as we discuss in the book, uh, Let's Go Barbecue, available at Amazon.com, I am not a fall-off-the-bone guy. It should move off the bone. But anytime you get fall-off-the-bone, you're almost thinking about something that's a little too soft. It, it, for me, a rib has to have a touch of chew and have a touch of pushback. You should know that you're there. That doesn't mean chewy. It doesn't
1: mean tough. It means you should be able to engage. I mean, unless they smoke this at a ridiculously low temperature. I mean, wouldn't you just assume that this would be fall off the bone if they were smoking? Eight smoked? degrees. <laughs> they, they
0: do it at eight uh, degrees. Now, number five on this list is Famous Dave's, but I'm not going to stop you from digging in. Okay, well, good This, me. this is happening. We, we each have half a slab, which means I'm going to have one, and Fingers is going to finish my slab, too. Now, that moved off the bone pretty quick.
1: That moved off the bone with a level... Of ease, fingers. Nice boy. smoky flavor. There is a smoke ring. Look at the and the bite there. You could see that there yeah. definitely uh, is that smoke in the rib. It it's wonderful. It is fall off the bone. I'm going uh, in, and I'm I'm not complaining. He's going in. He's doing the Memphis Munch. That's, oh, it's not how it works. Um. So hey,
0: these have cooled down a little because you had to pick them up from the shop and bring them in. They're very good What works for about this rib Is that when you take a bite There is a full bite These are sliced in such a way The ribs are purchased in such a way To ensure that you feel like you're getting something Sometimes that doesn't happen It doesn't happen every place, right? The cuts are different and everything else Secondly There is good meat to fat ratio here Look, you're talking about pork rib You're going to see some fat in that thing but what you want is is wherever you're getting from, you want to have more meat than fat. You don't want a 50-50 in my view. You want a little more meat. And number three, you feel it? If you rip it off the bone and you pinch it, that's what I'm talking about. That's actually really well done. Yeah. It's there. You know it's there. But the resistance is, is tiny.
1: The resistance is very small. I'll tell you, the one thing that I noticed right away, too, thank you, is... Uh, it's very easy to get all the meat off the bone mm. on these ribs which is very nice I can't tell if they if there is a little bit of a glaze on this it, it, I think there is I think there is a touch um, because it but
0: then again if, if depending on what they do with that rub yeah I think there's brown sugar in this rub yeah and I think what we're seeing is a caramelization on top I have no problem with brown sugar now some people brown sugar their brisket
1: I do. You do? A hint. Just a tad. A shtickle. Yes. I I like a little bit of sweetness on on the brisket. I saw this video, Tony. I sent it to you. Someone uh, put together a video, Pitmaster. They took their 15-pound brisket right out of the freezer and threw it on the smoker. They did what? They went from freezer to smoker. And they claimed that it worked. How could it work?
0: Wait, wait. Did they season it first and then freeze it? They trimmed it
1: frozen. Then they spritzed Ooh, it. Ooh,
0: you need a really sharp knife and some gloves.
1: Yeah. Then they spritzed it uh, and then added the the rub and put it on the smoker and smoked it frozen. At okay, okay.
0: So they took it out. They trimmed it frozen. Mm-hmm. They seasoned it. They threw it right on. They didn't throw it back in the freezer. They didn't go no. from the freezer right on. no. Um, how many hours did they smoke it?
1: I believe eight. How big high was the brisket? It, it was. Uh, oh, they it, went high had heat. Had to. They had a deadline and uh, went ahead and look. You never know by looking at a video, but when ha- he carved it. It looked very juicy. High heat,
0: 350? High heat, 375? 350
1: three... and then bumped it up to 400 in the oven after they wrapped it. And they oh, we're all criminally insane. <laughs> and he claimed it was good. And at that point, I thought to myself, well, apparently you could just cook a brisket any way you right. want and it'll turn out just fine.
0: Just put one at the end of your driveway. <laughs> it'll be just, it'll be fine by morning. Um, I don't know about that, man. I don't know. Uh, about that. You know, I'm a believer in the escape, inescapable rule of barbecue, which you can find out about in our book, Let's Go Barbecue, now available at Amazon.com. You can get the paperback, or you can get the Kindle version. Uh, feel free. Let's Go Barbecue. Give a five-star review if you would. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, there comes a moment where people are trying too hard, Fingers. Yeah. That's, that's my take. What, what is the
1: purpose of saying let's take it out of the freezer and immediately throw it on? He forgot to take it out. He promised brisket. He forgot to take it out of the freezer, and then it was day of, and he was he's like, "Oh, I am in big trouble!" And just threw it on after he trimmed it. And threw I, you the know what on I there.
0: think? I think that was a made-for-video event. Could be. That's what I'm going with. I don't believe
1: anything anymore. I've got two briskets in the freezer. I have multiple briskets in the freezer. Oh. I may try it. Uh, no, may why for kicks? Is,
0: is, is do, What, do you just follow the leader? If they jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing.
1: That's what I thought you were going to do. I'm worried. I thought we said on Eat, ring Smoke, our number one model was try all the things. But some things are just dumb. Wait, is that a, that's
0: a caveat. That is, that is a caveat that works. Some things are just dumb. You know, Fingers, Malloy, we did this whole thing about ribs, but we never got to the number one rib chain in America. Ribs are us. It, it, it is not ribs are us. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. We had the ribs just here on air from City Barbecue. And as I said, they were number seven. Um, uh, Dave's. Famous Dave's was number five. Dinosaur Barbecue was number four. I've never heard of Dinosaur uh, Barbecue. They are New York-based. And then we get to the top three. Outback. I've never had their ribs. Smoky Bones, which as far as those kinds of places go, they do excellent work. Yeah. They really do. And number one on the list for ribs from a, from a chain, Texas Roadhouse. Roadhouse. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say it without
1: doing a good Peter Griffin. I am... Swayze. I'm shocked with it being Texas Roadhouse.
0: Have you ever? I don't think I've been to a Texas Roadhouse, but twice in my life.
1: Oh, that that used to be a favorite for the kids. Yeah, uh, you know because they've got their own version of uh, the bloomin' onion. I think or maybe the awesome they have, blossom. yeah, yeah, onion petals, something like that. Right. Uh, Onions are. And, and then and then the rolls are obscenely good. Be- really? Because they, you know, okay, the rolls are just okay, but they use the the cinnamon butter. Uh, Oh, good lord. Cinnamon butter works for all occasions. Yeah, so...
0: Met my first wife uh, next to a vat of cinnamon butter.
1: That's uh, a topic for a whole different eat, drink, smoke.
0: There's a list, Fingers Uh Malloy, and you know Uh we're suckers for a list. Yes. I'm a self-made millionaire. You are? No, that's what the story is. Oh. Five pieces of terrible life advice parents should stop giving. And we can be clear, as parents ourselves... We judge many another parent, and we find them to be terrible.
1: That's true. True or false? That is absolutely true, Uh, especially when it comes to when you've got a a younger child. You want to set them off on the right path as far as how you feed them and make sure that they get good eating habits like their parents.
0: Correct. Wait, what? Exactly. You're talking about good eating habits, are you? (laughs) Should we play? (laughs) all we're going to be playing. Oh, the ribs are the only thing you've the had today? That's only I had today. Oh, well, that's... I, we'll, we'll play next week, people. <laughs> I promise. Number one on the list, bad advice parents give, you need a fallback plan. That's actually very true. Because what you're, what the argument you're making is, look, we know you've got this dream, but we know you're a moron. <laughs> we raised you, we cleaned you, we fed you, we've seen you mow the lawn. You're a putz. So what you're going to need to do, no matter what it is you're striving for, make sure you get that accounting degree, won't
1: you, there, little Timmy? I think it depends on what the game plan is for the kid. If the kid says, "I'm going to be the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts someday," and they're 17 years old and they're a third stringer and they're, uh, f- you know, five foot one. You may want to encourage them to have a backup plan, but if it's just a normal every day, I'm going to follow this dream, I think you're right because what it does is it has them focusing more on the backup plan than it is following their dream.
0: Cut down your screen
1: time. uh, This person's
0: argument here, uh, Matt's argument, that's his name, Matt Higgins. He's a CNBC contributor. Screens are the future of work. Playing video games for 10 hours straight might not help where you can learn all sorts of lucrative new skills online. I years ago turned the corner uh, regarding my kids and gaming. And you want to go be a gamer? Go ahead. You want to join an esports league? Go ahead. You want to go competitive? Go ahead. You want to you want to make this your career? Go ahead. Uh, it, it, you can make football a career. You can make this a career. I'm not about to stop you. So I don't worry about the screen time as much as others. But there's a difference between playing the game and mindless social media screen time.
1: See, I was going to go with the exact opposite. I, I do believe there is some value in the mindless scrolling on social media screen time is it may inspire you to do something that you didn't think was possible or something that you didn't think was was actually a, a job. You you may see it on an Instagram and think people make money doing that Uh, so I think there is some benefit to to scrolling on social media so we
0: agree that we both see it differently but in the end we should tell our kids to spend more time on devices and less time talking to us oh absolutely (laughs) number three on the list don't sweat the small stuff while crippling anxiety should be addressed not all anxiety is problematic in fact studies show That the most successful entrepreneurs harness anxiety and make it work for them. Don't sweat the small stuff means don't let it destroy you. You got to work through it. In, in, In my family, we're always discussing work the problem. Work the problem. Find your way through. It's extremely important. I I, but, but that's different than whether or not you should engage full-throated panic attacks, which we <laughs> see from millennials and Gen Z. I mean, generationally, we do see more of it here.
1: I think it, the question is, what is bringing on your anxiety? Is it you analyzing something that you did yesterday and not letting it go and that creating more and more anxiety? Or is your are we talking about anxiety over tasks that you know you need to complete and you're putting them off? If that anxiety is channeling you to kind of put off procrastination and get to the task at hand, the things that you know what you need to do, I think that's very healthy. Too often, people who suffer from anxiety, what they'll do is they will replay events that happened the day before, the week before, the month before, and the year before, and it will consume them. That is unhealthy. But I think... sweating the small stuff when it comes to things that you know you need to do, absolutely, that, that is something that you, uh, I think is helpful. On this list is go work at a big stable company.
0: And this guy is making the argument that you don't necessarily need to do that because there are no careers like that anymore. Allow me to go the other way with it. There is nothing wrong with if your kid's going to college or if you're in college Walking out of college, walking into a company, learning a system, learning how these things work, building up your contacts, building up your connections, then going out and doing your thing. You're going to live to be 90. You don't have to do it when you're 23. I think there's something really important to the opposite of that. Start with an understanding of what's going on, then figure out where your moment is, I think the key there, the good advice is make sure you don't live like everybody else. If they're going out to the bar every night, don't you dare. If they're driving a a, a new Porsche, you drive a a, a Civic Hatchback. (laughs) You have to keep your expenses outrageously low, get your savings in order and your investments proper, so you can then go about doing the things you feel you want to do like you're ready for
1: at that moment. The idea of paying yourself first. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, whether it's 20%, 25% going into savings. I wish that would have been something that was ingrained in me when I was in my early 20s. I got uh, way too late on that train, and it's something that I'm pounding into my kid's head.
0: From the time the kids were little, if they got a gift, they got a gift card, they were allowed to spend it. No problem. If they got cash, a check or something like that. 50% 50% in the bank, 50% they could do what they want with. Mm. It's been like that when uh, they do chores or whatever and they get they get an allowance or paid for it. 50% save, 50% you do what you will. Just to get that started. If they
1: can keep that up, that's amazing.
0: Well 50% is very, very difficult yeah. in, the, in the real world. Right. But right now, they can do it. And so we try and we try and aggressively push that because it is so important that you have to prepare. You do have to prepare. Now, something else on this list was buy a house and settle down. I think that is bad advice. Buy a, an investment and let it build for you. It doesn't have to be the house that you live in, although that's not a bad idea. Buy the investment property and get paid, Boo Bear. That's where it's at.
1: Yeah. Buy that investment property, maybe even live in it for a little bit, and then look for your next piece of land to buy
0: 100 percent smoking the american barrel Age from camacho interesting cigar this is eat drink smoke penelope is a beautiful name i don't know if there's a
1: song about a girl named penelope yeah there should there is yes hey penelope don't be so sad that's that's jude oh they sound a, a lot alike
0: I it does make a great name for a bourbon, though. It's Eat Drink Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. And that right there is Fingers Malloy. We should have rehearsed this before we started.
1: Make we a are- sad song. <laughs> Didn't take it better. You don't know the Beatles? Ah. Uh, th- 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 that's the Beatles? Oh,
0: dear God. There's going to be a fight. Penelope Architect, straight bourbon whiskey finished with French. Oak Staves Fingers Malloy released back in April of 2022, just about a year old in terms of the release, not in terms of the age statement. This comes in, Fingers Malloy, the Penelope Architect, straight bourbon whiskey at 104 proof. 52% alcohol by volume here from the people at MGP. That's right here in our beloved Indiana. And that is more of a copper color. Than, than anything else. That's what I would go with. More copper to it. Honey to copper yeah. is where I'd put it's that. It's a little darker. And uh, have, have you done the nose yet on this? On the Penelope Architect right there. Oh, Finished with French oak stage. You all right? Oh, Nelson.
1: Oh, my gosh. I uh, Maybe a little bit deeper of an inhale than I, I probably should have. Oh, my. Look at that. That's nice. That is
0: earthy. There's some oak in there. A little citrus. Wow, that is full. Yeah. That is complete and thick and rich. Look at that. Now, a stave, by the way, is just wood. This came from a a, a barrel that could have had a, a, a plethora of things in it, and they take some pieces of that wood that had some other juice, and they put it into the barrel itself. So it's not like it got rebarreled or anything like that. It's just they finish it off with some of this wood in the barrel, and the wood is, you know, the juice is getting in and being brought out, and it's bringing some other flavors is it a little uh, m- to it. A little mossy? If you want to say earthy, I'll go with a bit earthy. When I talk about full and rich, that's, that's a little bit of where I'm at. But it's not a bad... The, the, the nose is nice. It's just... It's not necessarily overly sweet or floral. It does have this interesting kind of pungent punch, but it's not
1: it's not bad. It's just this thick pungent kind of kind of move fingers. Ugh. All right, I'm ready to go in. Fingers Moore, are you ready for this? Tony, I've been ready for this all day. The Penelope Architect straight bourbon whiskey, 52% alcohol by volume.
0: That's 104 proof. Fingers will do the Kentucky Chew. You take the sip, you move it around the palate. It's called the Kentucky Chew. Sometimes you want to take two sips: the first one to set the taste buds, the second really to get those flavors. Fingers Malloy,
1: um, do you need a brisket sorbet? <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, you know how lately you've talked about how you've had a, a few bourbons where it, it it leaves you a little dry. Sure that's what I'm getting off of this right away uh, also there's uh, uh, an oak um, some citrus and I it's almost like a white grape a
0: white grape yeah all right I'm going in I'm going in for the Penelope architect with the finished with the French oak staves
1: here we go going in ladies and gentlemen he's doing the Memphis Munch. He's saging off swish. That is interesting. Hmm. And it leaves you dry. And that's not a bad thing.
0: Oh, that's freaking lovely. No, man, that is that is a lot of citrus. A little bit of sting on the tip of the tongue. A little bit of heat. Lower chest. No burn going down. Oh, that is that is a syrupy orange. That's weird. Now we've had some stuff before that is perp- purposefully orange. I can't remember the name of it right now. If you go back through oh, the Eat drink yeah. smoke litany, Drats. we've done it before. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, that's real nice. Oh, fingers. That's real nice. Now the finish has a good a good oak. The finish has a good oak and a good smoke. But that citrus is on the tongue. That is such a nice orange. That is such a nice orange. I fear that if I move it to a big rock, I'm going to lose that. I'm going to dilute that, and I don't think I can risk it. Yeah. I, oh, that's super pretty.
1: Yeah, and it's not sweet, like overly sweet.
0: No, not at all. It's not candied. The no. one we did, we have to go back and find the name, but yeah. I can't remember was definitely like a candied orange kind of thing, and it was purposeful to that.
1: I think it was like during the holidays, wasn't it? It was like a holiday. Yeah, I think so, too.
0: Uh, This is just coming off. Oh, that is so nice. And as opposed to being citrus, it is to me clearly orange. Clearly orange. And it's got a nice little bit of viscosity. There's a little bit of thickness in terms of how it is still coating the tongue. And that finish of almost a... A smoky. You said moss earlier, and and I'm not there on that on on the nose. I said a little earthy, but that smoky could be kind of confused for a mossy, like you would do from a scotch. Yeah, that's that's working.
1: Are you getting that that dryness at the end too? Yeah,
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. The dryness in the finish is, is is real. It kind of leaves you a touch parched. Yes, that, I think that that's totally accurate. I'm, I am. That's fun. Super, super impressed because it's also super easy. The table can do this and enjoy this. This is such a good after dinner bourbon concept. Yeah. This, this served with a little bit of vanilla ice cream. Yeah. And and by the way, nothing but true vanilla bean ice cream. And this, perfection. This with a coffee, perfection.
1: Holy cow, dude. And I'll say something else. I mean, you know, I often applaud when, you know, I always applaud when it's 100 proof or higher. Uh, this definitely doesn't play over 100 proof. Not at all. I mean, you it comes get that- in
0: 104. It's just over, but it doesn't yeah. play that way at all. This is really interesting, Fingers. Now, the question is, is the Penelope architect... Straight bourbon finished with French oak staves in your liquor cabinet at sixty dollars a bottle. Yes. Yeah. This is. This, I'm I'm outrageously impressed. Fingers. I'm I'm gonna be curious how this kind of plays, and I'm I'm afraid to move it to an ice cube. Don't make me do it.
1: Don't we'll make. Me. Here's what we'll I'm do. gonna pour another
0: one for the ice. Yeah, cube. I was gonna say. I'm leaving this alone.
1: Yeah. I'm going to just put a couple of drops of cool water in it because, you know, that's what we do here for Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. We do it for you. Uh, But I'm very pleased with this neat, and I, too, am also very hesitant to move it to anything else. Uh, But, yeah, this is not what I was expecting. No. And uh, I'm quite happy with it.
0: The Penelope Architect Straight Bourbon Whiskey. um, This might end up on my top three of the year. This is officially in the running. That is that has that is a wow. Because and, it has the little bit of oak that I really like, but that but that fruit hits just such the sweet spot for me.
1: I thought you were gonna say $75, $80 a bottle too.
0: Yeah, um I'm glad it's not. Yeah. I'm very glad. Cause $60, that's enough. Barbecue is popular. So popular that we wrote a book about it. It's eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That is America's favorite amateur pitmaster. Fingers, Malloy, and the new book, Let's Go Barbecue, is available at Amazon.com, whether paperbook or the Kindle version, Let's Go Barbecue. Recipes, tips, and tales from the pit. It is all right there. For you, incredible recipes, anecdotes, stories, ways to help you get better at doing your barbecue, whether it's brisket, whether it's ribs, whether it's pork shoulder, whatever the case may be. Did I mention the recipes? Incredible stuff, not in theory, that has been used in practice by professionals who own barbecue restaurants, by people who have won awards for their barbecue, by our very own Tommy Smoker. All of it is there for you. Let's Go Barbecue, available only at Amazon.com. Com. Buy your 452 copies now. The perfect gift for Father's Day. And if you're in central Indiana, we are having some book signings. If you're not in central Indiana and you want us to come out and do some book signings, we are there. Thank you for the applause. We are there for you. Let's Go
1: Barbecue, available at Amazon.com. It has a great recipe for beer butt chicken. Who wrote that one? Uh, beer butt chicken? It's Fingers Molloy's Simple Recipes. Keeping it simple recipes with fingers Malloy beer people call it beer can chicken I call it beer butt chicken because it's fun to say beer butt chicken
0: uh, did that make the final edit, or did that get cut
1: as far as I know unless the editor got a little bit uh, clippy snippy clippy? snippy clippy. yeah uh, I think it made it oh I good. think it, I think it made it
0: but this right here is a very odd list it is the list of the Americas of of Americas not the Americas of America's best barbecue cities this is a weird list to try and put out just like it's very difficult to write a book about barbecue it's a very strange thing to do especially in how we presented it as amateurs who are learning and really digging in i mean we got into the whole history of barbecue how in the world did it get the name we did the research it's kind of fascinating stuff but this list involves the idea that they were able to determine which city is most obsessed with barbecue and the fact that the top city is atlanta georgia and not kansas city or st louis or or pick a town in north carolina i'm sorry i don't know what to do with that
1: well listen to how they came up with this list tony and it makes sense to determine america's best barbecue city they analyzed google search volume oh Um, stop with your face yes no. Google search. So if you are traveling to Atlanta, you are going to say to yourself, I want some Georgia barbecue. What's a good place in Atlanta to, to find barbecue? Or what's a good place? Because you see some of these cities, and, and this list is all over social media right now. So people are coming to the you know determination that, oh, these are just the top barbecue cities. When you see somewhere like... Charlotte, North Carolina at 22 on the list. Exactly.
0: Exactly. It doesn't make sense.
1: Now, understand
0: that there are places on the list that you're like, that can't be. New York City is number 50 on the list. But it's New York. Of course there are people there doing barbecue and doing it extremely well. Los Angeles is 49th. Philadelphia is 48th. Okay, that's a bunch of hooey. No, it's not. No, it's not. Nothing that you can add whiz to can be a top city for barbecue. Wow. But El Paso is 43rd. El Paso. Do you know where that is? That's Do you know where El Paso is?
1: Uh, let me let me get out my globe. Would I, you? It, it's in Texas, Tony. Would you get out your Rand McNally? <laughs> it's in Texas. Let's drive down there. I'll, I'll have a triptych made. El Paso's 43 and Fresno's <laughs> number 42. I'm sorry. This list <laughs> is
0: such incredible crap.
1: I mean, th- th- hold on. Hold on. I didn't yeah. say that right. Mm-hmm. Crap. To, to Crap. Listen, I, I love Florida. And there's some good barbecue in Florida. There is. Tampa, number three. Uh, before, bef- before any Texas town. Yeah, you see, that's where it gets super strange.
0: The argument for Tampa is that its influences would bring about different levels of barbecue. So one of the things that we discuss in the book is is the florida style but of course we're talking about smoking here and we're talking about fish which is a very different thing than than people think of so there is this culture there and you add the cuban culture that cuban flair that Tampa has all over it and there's a lot of opportunities for this but the idea that it's there before these texas towns is strange and what it could be is the reason this list is bunk you said this is based on google searches you don't have to search in Texas. You know exactly where your exactly. place is.
1: Exactly. It's the same thing with North Carolina. It's like people in Charlotte, they live in Charlotte, they know where to go to get b- good barbecue. Uh, you brought up something. This has nothing to do with the list, but I'm curious. You have a Traeger grill, I have the Ironwood 650. Have you smoked any fish yet? Not yet, but the
0: day is not over. This weekend might be it. Memorial Day weekend. I have a 16-pound brisket that will be put on after the Indianapolis 500, uh, which is the greatest spectacle in racing. And if you've never gone, you should really come to Indianapolis and check that out. If you haven't, watch it. It's really, the speeds this year, I, I know, I know, not everybody's into IndyCar. The speeds this year were faster than 1996 speeds in many ways. Um, The top nine are all over 233 miles an hour, and the weather conditions are going to be so perfect. Remember, IndyCar doesn't have bumping like NASCAR, because if you bump an IndyCar, it actually turns into an airplane. (laughs) It will fly, but what you have is passing, and passing an IndyCar, that speed on those turns, unbelievable stuff. So after that's all done, a 16-pound brisket is going on the smoker, but I'm going to be doing some other things, including some ribs, including some lamb, and I'm going to work on some fish.
1: I am not a big fish person. I saw something. I, I sent it to you the other day. Uh, you know, my I've got the Masterbuilt uh, Gravity Series 560 uh, smoker slash grill, and uh, you know, all these grills, whether it's Traeger or Masterbuilt, they always have their Facebook groups. Yeah. Someone posted on there that they were roasting coffee.
0: Yeah, um, I I can't believe that actually works. And the re so what they did is they took uh, coffee beans, put it in a pan, put it in the smoker. Yeah, that can't work. If you talk to people who do coffee, and they are more than willing to correct me, I'm not saying that he might have not created something that he enjoys. But it's in a drum, and it's constantly moving to be able to get all the sides of it, and also it's it's about how delicate. The, the this this berry is yeah so so putting it in in a in a, in a smoker there's a difference between roasting and smoking yeah so I really don't know how they were able to do that I wouldn't waste my time playing that game I can't imagine it creates something of value but
1: I don't know what flavor you would I mean you're using charcoal I I, I I'm am I, completely ignorant when it comes to roasting coffee but they had like a, the rotisserie and like a little. Uh, contained with, a, like, a cage, and it was oh, rolling. Oh, so it was rolling. Yeah, it was rolling, but it was like, what? Oh, I thought it was just in a pan. No, no. Oh.
0: Oh, now that's interesting. In a cage, not an enclosed one or an open? It was... A,
1: I don't know. It, it, was, it was like a rolling cage where you could see... It's got the holes where smoke would be able to get into it or, or you know, the heat. Uh, but there were the, the holes were small enough where the beans wouldn't be falling through.
0: I think that sometimes... People overthink what they should be doing on their smoker. There's plenty of food to do. Well, from what I understand nowadays, you can go to the grocery store and buy coffee. According to sources, if you know a guy and they take you down the stairs like it's the old copa, yes, you can get some coffee at a grocery store. We'll have the list at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Fingers Malloy, we got into such a deep conversation about what we're enjoying about the cigar. Right there, that American barrel aged Camacho, the bourbon, the Penelope architect finished with the French oak staves. We forgot to get to what we were supposed to get to. It's Eat Drink Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinksmokeshow.com. It is time, Fingers Malloy,
1: for news of the week. Well, breaking news out of the world of music, Tony. Very sad news. Often called the queen of rock and roll. Tina Turner has passed away. At the age of 83, she won eight Grammys, Tony, six of them in the 1980s in her, kind of her big comeback and uh, just an amazing career. And uh, she, I believe she moved to Europe uh, later she? in life. I thought she was living in Paris, uh, but uh, definitely sad news. It is. Uh, there, there are very few
0: people who legitimately, legitimately can be called legend. And we use terms like legend and historic. We use it for everything, all the time, everywhere. And the word loses meaning. The words have meaning, and legendary has meaning. And yeah, that's Tina Turner. The, how, the fight that she engaged to get away from Ike. And, and let's be clear, never mind what an awful guy Ike Turner was that music was incredible go listen to river deep mountain high you'll lose your mind how good the music is and how good she is in in that but to say i'm willing to walk away from all of it i just want the name to stand up to quite literally her abuser and then to go about and make it bigger than she already was it's an unbelievable story there are very few people. There are no teeny boppers. Uh, there are no modern-day musicians who come close to this at least have been able to string it along for a level of career. Maybe the future will show. But goodness gracious, legend. Yeah. One of the very few people who can hold the title.
1: Yeah, and to have a career start in the 1950s and then have it... <laughs> come back in a big way in the 80s with the, you know, the, the big MTV hit, uh, What's Love Got to Do With It, that video and just a, a string of hits in the 80s uh, Private Dancer uh, and then to have a concert in uh, 1988 in Rio de Janeiro had over 180,000 people show up to see Tina Turner. Uh, just showed her, her staying power and the ability to come back uh, after a, a long layoff. Just a, a tremendous career. Tremendous.
0: Sorry she's gone. Appreciate the music.
1: Next. So, you're seeing a movement in the automotive industry, companies like Tesla and BMW dropping the AM band in radio. Ford announced that they were going to ditch AM radio, but now have reversed their decision and now have decided that they're going to keep the AM band in new Ford models. Yeah, Uh,
0: and this is the right move. As radio people, we've been very focused on this, and it's important to keep AM. Some people want to say it's important to keep AM because of the politics of the thing that you hear more conservative talk on AM radio and you're just trying to get rid of it. Um, FM has so taken over, and then again, the internet has so taken over that people wonder exactly how much the AM band gets used. The AM band is also extremely important for emergencies because it reaches everywhere. Those classic AM stations just have a reach that goes on for miles and miles and states and states my mother tells the story of being a kid in Brooklyn New York and sleeping with a transistor radio under her pillow what was she listening to whoa whoa, which is the talk station out of Fort Wayne Indiana where we're on eat drink smoke is on in on whoa in in Fort Wayne and good to have you guys i have a weekend show on that station a, a, as well fantastic fantastic uh, uh, people And much thanks to the program director, Mike Ragazzino, and Kayla and the entire group over there. Um, she used to listen as a kid in Brooklyn. Let me tell you, Brooklyn, Fort Wayne, there's a distance. She heard that station. So the AM band does matter if you're trying to get information across to people. And not offering it was seen as a real slight and a real danger. Ford, I think, made the proper decision to keep it. And I wonder what's going to happen with uh, some of these other companies.
1: No, it's, you bring that up and just top, the reach of AM radio, and it makes me think back to my childhood. My My grandmother lived with us for a while, and she used to listen to a radio host. That We lived in mid-Michigan. His name was Larry Glick. Uh, Larry Glick uh, had a popular show uh, from the 60s through the 80s. He was based in Boston, and we were able to pick up a Boston radio station in mid-Michigan uh, just to show you the, the power of, right. uh, of AM. radio, no, I, I, you know I know a lot of people uh, you know, question why it's necessary. I love listening to AM. radio. I mean, first of all, being in talk radio, I love AM radio, but then on top of it, when I'm traveling, going through different cities to, to find the, the AM. station there, I do that a lot as well. so I'm, I'm really happy that Ford's making this decision.: Next story. Well, a decision I'm not happy about. We've been talking about this for, it feels like months, Tony, and now it is officially happening. Netflix has started password it's password sharing crackdown in the United States. I'll, oh. I'll be honest. I wasn't even aware that at one point Netflix encouraged people to share the password. Oh, yes, they did. Uh, but now uh, that's not happening. Uh, they are, are cracking down and... Uh, a lot of people aren't happy about that
0: but you can pay to share your password right yes. like there's the, a do we know how much that is adding
1: one in the US will bring the account owner an additional $7.99 monthly charge Ooh-wee. yes really yep
0: another 8 bucks
1: so yeah i mean uh, it's funny when you first cut when the cut the cord phenomenon first started happening everything seemed like you're saving a lot of money oh this is the way to go but now you start adding up all these subscriptions it's like holy cow this is just as much as when i had a a full cable package yeah um it's
0: between netflix hulu disney plus the people who have it's
1: just it's just madness Madness. I'll tell you what else is madness, Tony. A Las Vegas hotel maid is accused of stealing more than one million dollars in guests' jewelry. What? Yeah, this happened. uh, She was. uh, She apparently found a room that was filled with expensive watches, and contacted uh, a friend about maybe lifting some of these things. She's been arrested. once again, proving for me anyway why I never have anybody going
0: to my room while right. I'm at Do a not hotel. disturb every single time. Every single time. It's like, was it a sting? Like, did they, was it a sting? No, setup? It was just a
1: report of, you know, I mean, this, this particular person, uh, you know, these watches better than I. There was, uh, um, this person was missing two Rolex watches, a Cartier watch seven diamond Cuban link chains, a couple of bracelets and a gold ring. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce this How many watch. watches do you bring with you? Well, you know, some people are like Prince when it comes to uh, wardrobe changes, except with their watches. You got yeah, yeah, a morning watch, an afternoon watch, an evening watch. Look, I have a small collection, all right? I am not super fancy.
0: Do I own a Rolex? Yes, uh, but... I have, like, like, the classic 80s kind of mid-management two-tone, okay. right, that you got to have. Um, I do have a 1959 Oyster Perpetual that is just beautiful, but it's, it's the, certainly the smaller stuff. That's a Rolex? Yeah, it's a Rolex. Um, there you go. Happy to help. Uh, but spectacular, right? But it's not the, the Submariners. It's not a Yacht Master. It's certainly not the John Mayer stuff or anything like that. Um, and then I have watches that I kind of enjoy. Like in the month of May, I have, and I'm wearing it right now. This is the hundredth running of the Indianapolis 500. Oh, very nice. From Tag Heuer, which is the official timekeeper of the uh, of the, of the race and sponsor. So this is the hundredth running watch. So I wear this in the month of May oh. for 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 the race. But. I have watches that are like have personality, not necessarily big cost things. Just I've never been a big cost guy. My phone just told me what time it is. It did.
1: Yeah. Well, what an age we live in.
0: That's that's pretty fancy. You got to check out the Penelope, straight bourbon whiskey with the French oak staves, and this American barrel aged Camacho. Check it out for yourself, and find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow This is Eat
1: Drink Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter at go eat drink smoke, on Facebook, Facebook.com slash eat drink smoke, and Instagram at eat, Drink Smoke Podcast.